footsteps behind you as you enter the woods. Night draws back its cape. Light illumines your path. Open your eyes. Welcome to Dark Softly Tales, dark stories for dark hearts. I'm Mav Sky. Good evening and welcome to your nightmares and your favorite horror storytelling podcast, Dark Softly Tales. This is your host, Mav. And I've got only one question for you. What is the holidays without zombies? Let's not find out. And that's why I have a double story zombie feature for you tonight. But zombies isn't all that it is. The way the stories are written are a bit chaotic and kind of cheeky. And I read them kind of like a sports announcer giving commentary on sports. Only this is giving commentary on a zombie apocalypse during Christmas. These stories were originally ambitious for me to write, and now, years later, equally ambitious for me to narrate. On the plus side, I naturally speak fast, and on this podcast, I've learned to slow it down. However, in these stories, I am happy to say that I get to let my fast-talking freak flag fly. Merry Christmas to me. All seriousness aside, I can't believe we're at the end of 2020. What an utterly bizarre and crazy year. I am so grateful for all of you, and I hope that everyone is just hanging in there. The end is near. The end of the year, it is. What is in store for 2021? Well, I can't guarantee you that there won't be any more plagues, but I will say that Dark Softly Tales podcast will be here to entertain you and hold your hand in the dark. The podcast has grown steadily in listenership this past year, which is incredible, and it's way more than I could have anticipated because I started this podcast to kind of replenish my creative tank. I have a small goal at the opening of this year, just starting out, it's a small goal, and I would like to get to 50 ratings on this podcast. And right now we are at about nine or 10, which compared to the thousands of downloads we get is not very many. So as an extra special New Year's request, if you could take a moment right this very second and rate the podcast that would be amazing you don't need to review it though you get extra karma points if you do and i'll make sure you get on santa's good list next year or naughty list whatever way you like it but that would be such a big help to me and i know sometimes we think i'm just one person i don't really make that much of a difference but it really really does make that difference And this works on everything, whether you're rating a podcast, rating a YouTube video, a book on Amazon. It's such a small thing, but makes such a big difference. And it's a way for you to give back, a kind of 
energy exchange, shall we say, for what you are receiving. I send so much love from my heart to yours and thank you so much. Okay, with that being said, let's march into 2021 brave, free, and ready to face anything that comes our way, which tonight happens to be zombies. Besides, there's nothing to be afraid of. Is there? Take my hand and hang on tight as we journey into the dark softly. Weeping Stones by Mav Sky. He sits on the gravestone, weeping stones. Little children run by, picking them up by the handfuls and delivering them to their parents. Junior does this too, although he isn't a little child. He's a big child. His parents scold him for stealing stones from the stone weaver. But hell, they needed stones. If they didn't have stones to throw, then revenge would not be dealt. If revenge were not dealt, evil would run amok. And all know that we simply can't have that. So they send Junior off to play. Ma and Pa pile the stolen stones on their front porch. The stones really should be collected on the back porch, but the neighbors, the smirking Fergies, wouldn't be able to tell Junior's family had more stones than they did, so on the front porch they go. Late in the evening, the family gathers on the front porch patio. They all drink mugs of hot cocoa and listen to the game on the radio. Ma and Pa sit on the porch swing, and Pa squeezes Ma's thigh. Ma shrieks so the neighbors would know who was getting it on. Uncle George sits on the top porch step. He keeps shaking a brown bottle of pills with a white cap and grinning real big. Grandma and Grandpa rock in the rocking chairs to a nice slow rhythm. So slow, you'd think the Skeeters turned to dust and blew away. And perhaps they did. Because when the zombies come out to play, even in mid-July, things can get chilling. Life might be warm, but death is cold. Any sucker can tell you that. And when you have that much death up and rocking around, it can suck the heat right out of you. So Junior, put on a sweater. Do not pull on the cat's tail, and yes, you may make yourself another cup of hot cocoa. Grandpa leans back during the commercial break and tells Pa and Uncle George that the stone weeper once told him that the zombies never meant to hurt anyone. It sucks being dead and having everyone hate you. They felt like outsiders. They were cold because death was cold. All the zombies wanted was a sweater and a cup of hot cocoa. And Grandma chirps in that the zombies sure as hell weren't going to take their sweaters and hot cocoa. Ma laughs and tells Grandma to calm down. Night thickens. Junior has had his hot cocoa, and Grandpa is snoozing in the rocking chair. Skeeters are dust, and boy willy-nilly, here they come. Those outsider zombies are walking down the streets, and they want what Junior's family has but they will never give it to them. 
Grandma's nose comes out of the romance novel and she sees a real ugly one running toward the porch. In fact, he's running amok towards Junior. Ma hands her a stone. Grandma winds up and smack right through the numbskull's head and the zombie falls to the ground and turns to dust. Pa slaps his thigh with a whoop. Uncle George yells out a, She'll be coming soon! And Grandpa looks over at the neighbors, raising their noses and smirking. No one is as quick as Junior's family. Grandma is said to even smell sin when she sees it. Junior's family is better than the smirking Fergies. Junior's family has more stones. Junior stole more stones than the smirking Fergies could ever dream. One zombie, down for the night. Score! yells the game announcer, and the crowd goes wild. Aha! says Uncle George, and he picks up a stone. A real ugly booger is heading his way. The zombie is wearing a pink nightdress, and handfuls of blonde hair are falling from its skull. The family draws around for support. Aunt Jill wouldn't throw a stone. Aunt Jill wanted to give the outsiders a chance and a cup of hot cocoa, so Uncle George gave Aunt Jill a couple of extra sleeping pills the night before. And lordy, 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 she died in her sleep. Uncle George let Aunt Jill take a chance. It was murder. It was sin. But who cares about that when all these creatures of death are running amok and causing evil? The in crowd. Junior's family, in crowd, smelled better and dressed prettier too. And they had stones, sweaters, and hot cocoa. And Grandpa likes to fall asleep in the rocking chair when he rocks so slowly, so slowly that those skeeters turn to dust. Uncle George throws the stone. It hits dead Aunt Jill's shoulder, but she keeps moving. He throws another one. And Aunt Jill keeps moving. She gets to the front porch and the neighbors start laughing next door. So Junior picks up a stone, throws it right into her mouth. Her teeth go flying everywhere and hell's bells, Juniors! You knocked dead Aunt Jill to the ground. Congrats, Junior, congrats! So, finally, Junior's family just dumps the whole pile of stones on Aunt Jill and buries her right there in front of the front porch. The neighbors give jealous smirks and Grandpa farts really comfortable like, no more zombies come to Junior's family porch tonight. So they gather around and listen to the silence because the game is already over and they feel good about revenge and the stolen stones and dead Aunt Jill and they wonder if there will ever be world peace. Before he falls asleep, Junior thinks about the Stone Weaver. The stones will always come, so evil will always run amok. There will always be sweaters and hot cocoa, so life continues warm and death continues cold, and there will always be a greater evil. On Earth is at War by Mav Sky. When you've got a politician knocking down zombies with stones from his backyard, someone's bound to get politically correct 
all over his booty. And that's exactly what the press is doing. Dozens gather in protest. But what is a guy to do when his yard backs the cemetery? And them dead people won't stop gnashing their choppers at you. Yes, sir. Mr. Politician has a problem. His plight for peace goes on. Zombies are cold, says one sign. Zombies shiver, too, says another. Death is cold and life is warm, and it doesn't take more than a simple mind putting two plus two together to figure that out. All them dead ones want is a cup of hot cocoa and a sweater. Another sign says, give them what they want and they'll go away. Farmer Ebb's not so sure about that. He's got himself one of those butchering yards and hot dog on Sam's Hill. Them dern zombie cows keep a rising like Lazarus on repeat. He just sits there on the strong wooden fence his grandpappy built back in 1929, and he's popping those stones out. Aim, shoot, and fire, hard and fast like he's one of them Yankee pitchers. Zombie cows is a mooing, and it doesn't sound so good. They is a mooing like they're mad, like they're rabid. Like they just might have a couple of things, and them things might just want something to plunge into. Farmer Ebb is thinking they may want something more than hot chocolate and a sweater, but he keeps his mouth shut and minds his own business, just like a good farmer should. If you don't mind taking a crow's fly, a mile down the road, we'll make a quick drop into Mrs. Miller's drop-and-shop grocery and grass. Only two weeks before Christmas, and zombies are only half the cause of Mrs. Miller's worries. The milkman ain't brought no eggnog deliveries on account of them zombie people. Zombie cows and whatever zombie dead things might be a-lurkin'. Eggnog is cold, so is death, and the zombies seem to have a thing against the cold stuff. So Mrs. Miller cusses at the little TV screen every time a skadooling missus or mister pops in to grab a quart of moonog. Mrs. Miller was sick and tired of being forced to be the Scrooge of Christmas, and that is enough to make anyone bah humbug. And here's the local school teacher for Shenanigan Elementary now. Good afternoon, Mrs. Miller. I don't suppose you have a quart of eggnog. Tommy and Sue are just aching to get a taste of Christmas, and Henry is just too sick for me to leave him for the big city grocery. The school teacher says this with such hope, such longing. Mrs. Miller does one of her practice sighs, grits her teeth for what's to come, and says, I'm sorry, we just plum ain't got none due to the dead up and walking and all. Mrs. Miller braces for the axe to fall. She's bracing for it, and then chop. Jim Dandy ain't got nothing on what the school teacher is about to pull. Mrs. Miller, my youngest is sick, and I can't make it to the big town. He's the only grocery store we've got around here, and if one can't expect a body to keep in stock one of the most important items that define Christmas, then by all the power that is within me, I'll go down to the corner and start my own grocery store. The school teacher fixes her hat, glances Mrs. Miller up and down, and leaves with a hoof. Mrs. Miller cusses at the little TV in the corner. The louder she cusses, the more she sounds like a ticking time bomb. Tick, 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 boom. By George, Mrs. Miller decides to chase that schoolteacher down and give it back to her. It was Christmas. 
Christmas. What right did a school teacher have coming in and unloading her undesirables on her? She grabs the shotgun under the counter, rounds the corner of the cash register, runs to the door, and shoves it open. What do you think you're doing strutting in here and demanding Christmas moon, Og, as if I could just pluck it off the shelf? Ain't you just noticed there's dead things walking around? Ain't you gonna notice we've got our very lives to protect? Ain't you notice I have a gun? And do you? Well, Mrs. Miller herself notices the school teacher ain't paying her any mind. She's just standing there, looking up at the sky. Mrs. Miller figures she'll look at the sky too, and what she sees, what she sees, floating out of the clouds and landing soft and easy like snowflakes would make you plumb faint, out like a light, just like Mrs. Miller does on the dirty floor of drop and shop, grocery and gas. Peace on earth is at war, and that's no lie. What makes Mrs. Miller faint and the school teacher stare at the sky is the same reason Farm Ed halts from his stone. Peace comes afloatin' on wings of a feather and amphibians the color of green beans. Turtle and doves, whispers Farmer Ebb. Farmer Ebb hears a soft hiss as the first turtling dove lands on a zombie cow, awaking freshly from the dead. A snap, crunch, and a munch later. There isn't more than snout left of that old cow. And so it goes. There is more and more of them turtles with wings filling the sky. And them zombie cows start rising faster and quicker. And before you know it, Peace is taking a big bite out of the freshly dead. If we can just jump over to that rascally politician getting ready to be politically correctedly abused... We'll see reporters not only snap-shooting them flying green beans with wings, but also snapping Mr. Politician, laying down his last stone and watching in amazement as the turtling doves eat in droves. Them critters are bringing peace in a swoop of peanut butter that ain't never tasted so real. They just sort of clean up the place like Uncle Moe scarfing down leftovers of Christmas dinner. Mr. Politician squats down to look at one of those critters in the eye. And just as he squats on down there, one lands on his behind. And boy howdy, do the crowd have something to laugh at. Which means they didn't have anything to gripe at. Mrs. Miller awoke to being shaken by that nasty school teacher we left standing to watch the green earlier. They both shake hands, and it just so happens that the milkman comes by within the hour, delivering several cases of eggnog. You see... The moral of this story, boys and girls, is sometimes the greatest things happen when you least expect them. You could keep a pile of stones handy, or sweaters and hot cocoa, depending on which side of the fence you be fallen. But I say it's better to believe. Believe in the impossible. Believe in Christmas. And turtling doves will deliver. Who likes dark stories? People who have experienced a touch of the dark side. People who are a little wiser to the world. People who like their bones chilled and their spines tingled. People like you and me. It's hard to find a story these days that write on the dark side with a touch of whimsy, humor, and heart. Mav Sky spreads her dark wings and solves this problem for you. Head on over to Amazon and type Mav Sky's name into the search engine. M-A-V-S-K-Y-E. 
At Amazon, you'll find her Tales to Chill Your Bones series, Girl Clown Hatchet series, Supergirl series, her cult classic novel, Wanted Single Rails, and of course, her brand new release, Cold Hangs the Midnight. Choose your dark flavor and head on over to Amazon today.